Chapter Five of the Clog Shop Chronicles by John Ackworth. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Tatty Entwistle's return. A stern, lowering look sat on the minister's face as he lifted the clog shop latch. He had come to Beckside on very serious business. That very forenoon, a woman, agitated and tearful, and with a slight bruise on her forehead, had called at the manse in Duxbury and had complained that her husband had struck her and that she could no longer live with him and this husband turned out to be none other than nathan entwistle the beckside blacksmith who was chapel steward and trustee in the beckside methodist church the good super was grievously shocked a humane and chivalrous man himself he was scandalised to think of such an act being committed by a church steward what a disgrace it would be if it got abroad what a scandal would be caused and what injury would be done to the name of religion the thing must be hushed up and the two brought together again and if that could not be brought about then such measures of discipline must be taken as would make it clear to all outsiders that the church condemned repudiated and punished such conduct what a beast that nathan must be and he had always thought him such a quiet decent fellow and so deeply attached to the cause too he was very much afraid that the morals of these rough north country folk were very lax it was very painful but he must do his duty unless nathan repented and made full amends he must be expelled if only as a warning to the rest and even if nathan was contrite he must be relieved of his offices such conduct could not be passed over he must be faithful at all costs these were the thoughts which were passing through the minister's mind as the venerable horse he hired jogged lazily along towards beckside as he entered the village the glances and nods and winks which the villagers made to each other as he passed them confirmed him in his fears that the thing had become a public scandal and so after putting up his horse at the fold farm he came across to the clog shop in a stern and resolute frame of mind long ben and the clogger who were alone rose with joyous surprise at this unexpected call but the look on the minister's face checked them well brethren this is a serious matter he said with a sigh as he pulled off his gloves and stuffed them into his overcoat pocket and then turning up his coat tails sat cautiously down on an old clogging bench near the fire the faces of the two friends formed themselves into notes of interrogation they glanced with quick inquiry at their visitor and then at each other and then jabe inquired what do you mean mr shuper i mean about nathan such conduct is infamous for a christian man and a member too but you don't mean to say you know nothing about it we know nowt wrong about nathan said jabe slowly and decisively and what's more there's nobody can tell nowt nother if they'll speak the truth added ben whose face wore an emphatic and almost defiant endorsement of jabe's remark but haven't you heard is it possible you don't know what he's done he done nowt as he needs to be shamed on all back cried the clogger doggedly ashamed cried the super beginning to feel that beckside morality was laxer even than he had expected it is not a matter for shame it's a matter for punishment the law of the land punishes it and the church certainly cannot be below that if all i hear be true we shall be compelled to expel him expel ay you'll have plenty of expelling to do if you're starting with nathan you'll have to expel us all while you're about it but mr jabez it is a misdemeanour you cannot know what he has done to talk like that well what has he done 
shouted the clogger petulantly while both his face and that of ben became dark with gathering storm clouds done why he's struck his wife the anger puckers suddenly straightened themselves out on the faces of the two friends an amused mischievous light leapt into their eyes and after a momentary effort to control themselves they burst into a low chuckling laugh the super was indignant had these men no sense of shame in them and besides their laughter was insulting and an you comed all the way for duxbury about that asked jabe when he could check himself certainly and i'm pained and humiliated to see that you think so lightly of the matter it may be beckside morality but it is not mine and it is not the morality of the new testament either but even this sharp sally could not disturb the serene good temper into which the two cronies had laughed themselves and after enjoying another broad grin jabe said bless you mr shooper you don't know beckside yet and on fate you don't know women folk neither now tap your coat off and hang it up upon that peg on the parlour door and come and sit you down while i tell you a thing or two after getting the minister an old leathern cushion to lean his back upon against the chimney-jamb he continued women mr shooper are like dogs the wash you sarve em the better they like you and you niver noticed as are the scamps in the country as good wives as a welly dee for em but if you find a felly as is a gradely decent chap a bit better nor common he's sartin to be empecked well it's a latence wi nathan who's a decent hard-working woman but that natterin and unyessy and discontented there's no bidin' nearer a felly as has lived with her in this life will need no purgatory the next i can tell ye having thus got fairly going jabe proceeded at length to give the minister a full and particular account of the marital experiences of poor nathan interspersed with sententious moralizings on the ways and wiles of women nathan it appeared had been married into the teens of years he and his wife were both members of the church at the time of their marriage but about three years after nathan fell into drinking habits driven to it jabe averred by the nattering of his wife however that may have been in nathan's drunken days tatty was a model wife patient and still-tongued loyal to her husband and ready to quarrel with anybody who spoke a word against the blacksmith everything that womanly ingenuity could devise was done by tatty to shield her husband and preserve his character during this time also she was most diligent at all the means of grace took great interest in all chapel affairs and prayed incessantly at class and prayer meetings for her husband's reclamation after a while nathan came to his senses chiefly through the good offices of the clogger and his friends tatty was of course greatly delighted and thankful and nathan was never tired of proclaiming how much he owed to the patience and kindness of his wife in his wild days gradually nathan was drawn into church work and as he could write better than most of his associates he was installed chapel steward which office he had held ever since but as nathan's zeal waxed warm tatty's grew cold it soon required all nathan's persuasive powers to keep her going to chapel at all she ceased altogether to attend class and prayer meetings and whilst willing for nathan to attend the sanctuary she ceased to see any particular reason for doing so herself in course of time she discovered that nathan had too much to do at the chapel as they had no living children 
she complained of her loneliness and in swearing nagging tones rated nathan saying again and again thou'rt alice art o the arse the clog shop however became a most particular aversion its owner and his friends were denounced without measure or mercy and though nathan was one of the least regular visitors to this favourite village resort he came in for more abuse about it than all the other transgressors put together nathan played the bass viol in the band which of course brought that cherished institution into ill repute with his wife and latterly the practice nights before the sermons had been times of tribulation for the blacksmith more than once he had found the strings of his instrument cut when he reached it down from the joist to take it to the practice and when on the third occurrence of the kind he bluntly charged his wife with doing the damage she flew into a tantrum flounced out of the house and went away to duxbury to her sisters poor nathan deeply attached to his wife and full of grateful memories of her bygone faithfulness was perplexed and alarmed when she did not come home that night and next morning he was at duxbury by breakfast time humbly begging tatty's pardon and coaxing her to come back again but something of the same kind occurred again not long after and mrs nathan went off again and since then every little tiff tatty might be seen sitting like a statue at the far end of the coach on her way to duxbury and nathan was certain to follow in a few hours or days at most to get forgiven and bring her back of course such proceedings soon became common property and whenever nathan's wife was absent from home the blacksmith was quizzed by his customers at the smithy as to when he was going to fetch her back another element of difficulty between the two and perhaps at bottom the cause of all the rest was that they were childless three of their four little ones had died in infancy and the fourth little nathan a wee fragile bit of humanity lived to be about four years of age and then quietly faded out some time before his death however nathan had taken him into the smithy one afternoon against his wife's wishes and whilst there the little fellow trod upon the head of a long shaft hammer which tilted up quickly and struck the little fellow on the temples he dropped on the floor like a dead thing and nathan with a wild cry snatched him up and carried him into the cottage he soon recovered and seemed all right the doctor in fact said that he was very little the worse but as he died about a month after although the doctor scoffed at the idea of the accident having anything to do with the child's decease its mother evidently had her own opinion on the subject and in moments of anger of late had darkly hinted that but for nathan she might still have had one comfort in life to a man pining for child love this was hard to endure and on the day of the now notorious quarrel tatty carried beyond all restraint had openly charged her husband with responsibility for the death of the little one nathan smarting with a sense of cruel injustice and white with indignation lost all control of himself and struck his wife a sharp slap on the face upon which tatty had taken her usual excursion adding this time the serious step of going to tell the minister this and much more was told to the super as he sat toasting his shins before the clog-shop fire and by the time that jabe had finished he had veered round decisively to nathan's side of the question and proposed to go down to the smithy and offer nathan his sympathy suggesting also that he should go and persuade tatty to return home you mun do now to the sort let her bide and come warm when hoo's ready and leave nathan to us we'll pull him through you'll see 
when the minister had gone the two stewards fell into close consultation on the case in hand and decided that this time instead of avoiding the subject carefully out of respect to nathan's feelings they would wait their opportunity and persuade him to bring things to a crisis by letting his wife stay away until she came back of her own accord two or three nights later nathan sauntered into the clog shop in that restless absent manner which always came upon him when his wife was away jabe still at his bench followed the blacksmith with his eyes as he passed up the shop and having previously resigned his position of chief spokesman to ben for this occasion only he motioned to him that now was the time and then turned round again and went on with his work with much unnecessary demonstrativeness ben silently handed his tobacco-box to the newcomer the two smoked on for some moments without speaking and then ben leaned forward out of the nook and said in a low voice which was not quite so steady as it ought to have been we've been killing a pig wilt come and have thy dinner with us on sunday nathan's lip quivered tears swam in his eyes and he stared steadily before him without speaking ben took several long draws at his pipe and then touching nathan gently on the knee he said soothingly every heart knoweth its own bitterness nathan seemed shaken by a sort of internal convulsion he bent forward propped his chin on his knees and sat staring into the fire whilst great tears splashed down upon the chip ashes at his feet jabe at his bench had suddenly stopped working and was holding his breath to listen though his eyes were still fixed on his work presently nathan faltered ay bud or do like our tatty i'll fetch you home in the morn that'll do now to the sort shouted jabe from his bench and dropping further pretence of work he threw down his hammer and unable any longer to keep out of the business came and joined them at the fire and plunged at once into hot discussion on the hitherto forbidden topic ben and he insisted that nathan had made his own trouble by always being so anxious to get his wife back that he would have no peace of his life until she was cured of this habit and that as she was a decent woman enough in most things it was his duty to make one supreme effort to bring her to her senses they prophesied that she would be sure to come back soon and that if once she had to come of her own accord there would be an end to her vagaries at any rate in that direction nathan took a great deal of persuading and both his advisers realised that their task was only commenced for as jabe said the blacksmith would tack a lot of keep into it and indeed he did lonely at home save for the occasional presence of a girl who came to do the housework he spent his evenings at the clog shop and often when the rest had left for the night all the arguments had to be gone over again and all the objections once more answered slowly nathan settled down to a dogged endurance of his troubles praying almost night and day that the lord would forgive him for his part in the trouble and soften the heart of his absent wife toward him meanwhile tatty gave no sign and as everybody avoided naming her to the blacksmith he did not even hear the bits of news of her that did reach the village it was reported at the clog shop that tatty was looking turble bad and while some of the cronies cried sabareet long ben remarked softly who'll be warm afore long you'll see one night nathan heavy of heart and out of love with all the world pulled the sneck out of his cottage door and strolled wearily towards his favourite resort 
as he approached he heard a number of voices raised in animated discussion and opening the door he came upon a rather odd scene there on a clog stool behind the counter sat lige the road mender with a face beaming with mystery importance and delight holding on his knees a bundle of old clothes containing a very young baby and standing over him scarcely less excited were several others of the clog shop fraternity i were coming warm from me wark up th brogdon lawn and aw yerd it skriking at edge bottom cried lige in answer to nathan's look of amazement it'll be some poor wench's chance chilt aw reckon said long ben in pitying tones it's a bonny un choose what it is said jabe with unwonted music in his voice as he turned back the edge of the old paisley shawl in which it was wrapped and looked intently into its face the child gazed up at him with owl-like solemnity and then puckered its mouth as if it would have spoken if it could and the hard crusty misogamous old clogger beamed upon it with delight as he murmured that tar pretty for a chance chilt just then nathan came round the corner of the counter and he bent down over the baby after gazing at it a moment he stepped back and surveying the little bundle of rags and humanity he asked what art goin to do wi it liger before he could answer jay broke in ah judy can tak care on it to neet and i the mornin or or reckon it'll ha to be taken to the bastille there was a silence for a moment or two every man looking a strong protest but feeling that he could think of no better thing to do as on you on you on the idea whose it is said nathan still looking hard at the little one which was just beginning to cry it's no riz about here said sam speck who through his sister lottie knew all the secrets of the village then all have it cried nathan and before lige could object he'd snatched the baby from his knee and was dandling it up and down to stop it crying thee tack it objected lige taken aback and not too pleased to be thus summarily robbed of his treasure with thy wife but he stopped and could have bitten his tongue off as he remembered what he was saying but nathan took it up ay wife or no wife or tack it or mun ha' summat if thou to talk to others were raising objections but a new idea had evidently struck long ben and motioning and winking at the rest he gently encouraged nathan in his purpose and in a few moments a small procession started for the smithy led by the blacksmith proudly carrying his new-found joy arrived at the cottage nathan held the baby whilst lige went upstairs to fetch the long disused cradle and sam speck put a pan of milk on the fire to provide the little one with food in a few minutes long ben turned up bringing his buxom wife who after expressing lofty scorn of the blundering ways of menfolk took the baby from nathan and after cuddling and kissing it pulled out a bundle of old baby clothes and soon had it washed dressed fed and asleep in the cradle when the others departed they left nathan pulling the cradle string and humming rock of ages as he had done so often in the days gone by amusing pathetically over his former experiences now so vividly brought back to his mind it was arranged that mrs ben should fetch the baby presently for the night until some other arrangement could be made nobody claimed the little one and nathan to his great delight 
remained in undisturbed possession of it the baby came on famously and crept so deep into nathan's heart that mrs ben began to fear it would take the place of absent tatty one night ben was the victim of a severe curtain lecture and next day being market day mrs ben set off in the coach to duxbury after doing her business she made her way into a quiet part of the town and in a few moments was sitting talking confidentially with nathan's wife tatty looking thin and pensive made all sorts of inquiries about beckside and its doings but carefully avoided any reference to the smithy mrs ben tried several times to draw her but it was of no avail until at last growing desperate she blurted out hast yerd what your nathan's gettin now way he's gettin a babby tatty turned and looked with a long wistful sidelong glance at her friend and then with a great sigh changed the subject and could not be brought back to it but mrs ben knew what she was about and next night after dark the tall wan form of tatty entwistle might have been seen stealing down the darker side of the beckside road toward the smithy the blacksmith's shop stood sideway on to the road and the cottage was behind it facing into the smithy yard tatty stole quietly up amongst heaps of old iron cart hoops and disabled agricultural implements and was soon at the side of the house nathan manlike had lighted the lamp but had forgotten to draw the blind tatty drew softly near stole along the house side until she was close to the window and then standing on a broken pulley which enabled her to see over the curtain she peered round the corner of the window into the house there sat nathan in the rocking-chair with the baby in his arms talking to it as he rocked it her heart smote her as she saw how thin her husband's face had become but that pain gave way to another of a quite different kind as she saw how happy he seemed to be with the little one it began to rain but tatty never felt it presently the baby dozed off and nathan put it into its cradle and made it cosy the cradle stood where she could see all this and as she watched there came into her eyes that hunger of child love which only a childless mother knows then nathan took something down from the mantelpiece and began to look earnestly at it while the firelight flickered up into his face it was a little glass photo of tatty taken at the last brogdon wakes and the watching woman almost cried out as she saw him looking at it so intently suddenly he fell to his knees with the likeness still in his hands and though she could not quite hear what he said yet the way he held up the little photo as if showing it to his maker told her all she wanted to know then nathan got up and after glancing at the cradle he put on his coat and went out tatty crept back into the shade of the coal-house to avoid being seen as her husband crossed the yard when she was sure he had gone she stepped out of her hiding-place picked up a bit of old iron which she could see on the ground by the light through the window and inserting it into the hole of the sneck gently lifted the latch and went inside the first thing she did was to go to the mantelpiece and make sure that it was her likeness that nathan had been looking at then she turned to the cradle half smiled as she noted how clumsily the baby had been put into it and then turning down the coverlet she stood looking down on the sleeping infant it was certainly pretty 
what if it had crept into her place in nathan's heart oh what a fool she had been and what a sinner too but just then a step at the door made her start a smothered exclamation told her that nathan had returned but she did not move her back was to him but she felt he was looking at her there they both stood for quite a long time until at last slightly turning towards him she asked "Was is this babby nathan it's mine that no it's feyther no but i'm going to be if god helps me there was a silence again for most of a minute and then tatty turned her back full upon her husband again and dropping her head murmured oh oh be it's mother if thou let me then she heard a sob behind her felt herself being drawn down into a chair and in a moment more was held fast in the tight silent embrace of the now happy blacksmith hours after as nathan was picking up the cradle to carry it upstairs baby and all he noticed that the child's clothes had been changed and it was wearing the nightgown of the little nathan they had lost as he made towards the staircase his wife said as to baby a name nathan no not yet then we'll call him nathan shall us and that was how tatty entwistle came home end of chapter five